Hey everyone, it's Tom Crowdzen. Look, we have the most amazing members and investors that we work with. On this episode of the podcast, we are talking to Darcy Griffith and his daughter, Megan, who came down all the way from, let me get this straight, because I didn't know where it was, from New Liskard. I hope I'm saying this even properly. So if you think you are investing outside of Toronto and you think maybe you're a little bit north of Toronto, let me just give you some perspective of where Darcy is investing in real estate in Ontario. New Liskard, Ontario is not just north of Barrie or Aurelia. It's north of North Bay and Sudbury. We're, we are talking like a six-hour drive straight up north um, so when they're investing in a small town, I'm telling you, they're investing in a small town in a northern part of Ontario. The population is about 5,000 people. And the reason that we're sharing this is over the last few months, we've had several people Rockstar investors, other people listening to this podcast, of course, commenting that they'd like to hear from someone investing outside of the Golden Horseshoe. So this is your opportunity to listen to how they are investing and wait to hear some of the property prices that they're buying properties for. It's kind of just a little bit shocking when you first hear it. But Darcy and Megan came down. They came down for the uh, Your Life, Your Terms event that we just uh, had over this past weekend. And, you know, they've been coming to this event probably for about 10, I would say almost like 10 years since it pretty much started. So we have people coming are coming to this and coming to work with Rockstar from all over Ontario. So we're just blessed and grateful that Darcy and Megan um, offered to come down to the offices here in Oakville, share their story, and they actually rode off their car on the way down here. So on Highway 11, I think just north of Aurelia, I believe it was right around Aurelia, um, they got into a massive car pileup. Their car is a write-off. Um, thankfully, they're okay. They actually got out of their car, I believe, or the people in front of them got out of their car, if I remember the story correctly, and the, the, the people in front of their car uh, got back into a car, and then that car got smashed. So I, I think the lesson here is if you're in a massive car pileup on the highway, stay in your car. Don't get out of your car until uh, it's safe to do so. So we're just thankful and grateful that they're okay. Um, they are injury-free. They got through that okay, but they uh, they rode off their car, and the next morning they showed up um, here at our offices to share this podcast, so we talk a little bit about that. So you're going to hear about their investing strategies. Darcy also runs a business in New Liskard. You're going to hear how he moved from Orangeville to New Liskard and some of the strategies that he uses to run that business and some of the marketing strategies, specifically some of the radio advertising and how he leverages his family to do that. So I asked him to play some radio advertising on this uh, episode. So you're going to hear some of his ads. He's literally just holding up his iPhone to the mic. We didn't have it plugged into the, uh, to the audio system here. So it might be a little soft, but I think if you listen closely, you'll be able to hear those ads and they're, they're just, they're just funny enough that you want to hear them. So they talk about their properties, some of the adventures he's been through. And then at the very end of this podcast, they get up to leave and he starts sharing a, uh, a story about a coin operated business that he bought. And uh, I asked him if we could sit back down and press record again and get that on the podcast. So we kind of wrap up and then we start up again. So if you hear it a little bit choppy at the end there, that's what's going on. But stick around right to the end just so you can hear that story. Super interesting. So just really want to thank Darcy and Megan again for doing this for us and sharing the story. And uh, listen, if you are listening to this and you are into business or entrepreneurship in any way, in June, we are going to have our third Rockstar Entrepreneur Summit. This is something that we did once um, and we were kind of asked to do it a second time. We were not going to do this again, but 
uh, last year, a couple guys came up at the, during the second day and said, hey, w are you doing this again next year? We really wanted you to. Um, and we committed to doing it again. So on June 13th and 14th of this year, 2019, we are doing the third Rockstar Entrepreneur Summit. So that's two days of content where we're going to break down how you think about business, um, how you start a business from zero. That's how we did it. We quit our corporate jobs in Canada, myself, my software job. Started a business from zero clients, zero database, zero software systems, zero processes. Um, how you use online advertising, how you, how you build your presence online, how you map out your own Rockstar Entrepreneur Blueprint, which is basically all the different strategies we've learned from attending conferences and paying to be in mastermind groups and hiring business coaches. We've documented and put that all down on paper. So how you strategize around that. Over these two days, we are jamming more stuff in there than we possibly could um, it's pretty much everything we know around business building and entrepreneurship. So if you are thinking that you want to do something like this for yourself or you have an existing business that you want to grow, you can come out on June 13th and 14th. You can get all the details at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. So that's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. Summit, S-U-M-M-I-T. We are running a bit of a promotion right now until February 15th. So we're going to be raising the prices after February 15th. So if you want to check it out, now is a good time to check that out. That's at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. And with that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, so yeah, we might have the first person on, Darcy. Uh, Darcy's here with his daughter, Megan. And uh, Darcy, you might not have any problem with the mic at all. I feel like you are a booming radio voice. Uh, we do radio uh, advertising on our local station up yeah. in uh, New Liskard. Yeah, you don't run a radio station. You just take full advantage advantage of the New Liskard radio station. Absolutely. There was an opportunity to add some personality to the advertising, and uh, I took advantage of it. Yeah, and so before we even get there, because there's so much to talk with you, and, and Megan's going to, Megan, uh, so Megan, your daughter's, Megan, how old are you? 22. 22, so Megan's here as well. So Megan, we can, we're going to fact check your dad with you here. So not that there would be anything to fact check. I just felt like that was fun. Uh oh, I should have studied. Yeah. <laughs> But listen, so uh, Darcy, you have to explain to everyone, I just want to jump into the real estate angle with you first because there's a bunch of other stuff to talk to you about with, but um, you're from New Liskert, Ontario, and the reason that we wanted to bring you guys both on here is that we've had a few people say, hey, you know, the Golden Horseshoe is really cool, and you always talk about Toronto, and I always think, oh my gosh, we're doing a great job of talking about outside of Toronto because Toronto people think Toronto is everything, and we're talking about like... Mississauga and Hamilton and Kitchener and St. Catharines. I can't believe you but drive the, all the way yeah, to Niagara. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then so people like yourself who are from further out think that's still just like the golden that's, horseshoe. That's You're nothing. Not, that's nothing. Exactly. So we have you guys on here to talk about real estate investing in much smaller communities. Yes. What's the mm -hmm. population? So where is New Liskard? So just paint the picture and what's the population? Uh, New Liskard is about five hours north. Uh, we are uh, two hours north of North Bay and halfway between uh, North Bay and Timmins. We're the Tim Horton stop on the way to Timmins. You're the Tim Horton stop. And, so, and 5,000 people and the main industry is? Um, it's pretty diversified. It's uh, a, a lot of um, uh, mining, forestry, uh, agriculture. 
And how did you get up there? Like, why are you there? Uh, we were living in Orangeville. We had some uh, some uh, rental real estate in Orangeville. You realize and most people are already going to think Orangeville is a little bit outside of Toronto. You know that, right? <laughs> yes. I know for anyone listening in Orangeville, you're, you know, Orangeville is a great spot. But yep. I know, but you decided that wasn't far enough. Um, well, uh, I took a package uh, from work and uh, was looking. What were for, you doing before? Are we going to share that or no? Um, I can. Uh, I was a manager of police and parking services for University of Toronto at Scarborough. Um, so was uh, in that role, uh, advanced through promotion for 20 years. Uh, it was time to move on, took advantage of that, launched a little publishing company in Orangeville. Uh, did that for a couple of, uh, a couple of years and uh, started uh, looking for a dry cleaning opportunity. I talked to some people who, who owned them, uh, looked all across southern Ontario and ended up identifying one that really worked for us in New Liskert. Because you figured out that dry cleaning, there was an opportunity in that business. You liked the, you liked the monetization model of it. The numbers made sense. Yeah. So uh, the guy that got me into it ran just a straight dry cleaning operation. So it was mostly front counter service. People brought clothes in, had them cleaned and took them out. Um, we couldn't find one that uh, that wasn't too heavily uh, kind of leaning towards one way. So some was insurance restoration, uh, some was uh, wholesaling. So you had one or two key clients. So you were really at risk for, you know, somebody making a decision and taking away 50% of your business. Um, and that's what we liked about Clean Scene, which we found in New Liskert. It's a uniform format rental business, uh, dry cleaner, and it was diversified, um, has its own niche. And it was the size we wanted. Yeah, and that's what you've been running up there for how long? I feel like it's been, has it been 10 years? Almost, yeah. It's been uh, eight and a half. We moved up in, uh, well, closed April Fool's Day uh, 2010. Oh, and, and I can't believe you do those radio ads up there for your business. And I'm, do you remember some of those radio ads? Um, geez, I, 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 I can pull, you, I can pull gonna, them up yeah, and yeah, play them on my I, phone. I'm going to get you, we'll, we'll see if we get there. But so let's, okay, so you're up I, there, you have a business, you drag your family up there. Uh, Kicking and screaming, come on, let's yes, face it. Yeah, when when I told my wife, yeah. she said, I'm not moving to New Liskert. <laughs> where I, is New Liskert? I don't even know where that is. And I said, well, you take the paper map of Ontario, turn it over, and it's just right there. It's only <laughs> yeah. an inch up from the bottom of the map. I had to actually get my parents, when I was telling my friends that I was moving, to write it down because I could not remember, nor could I actually find where we were moving. <laughs> so, you know, where are you going? And uh, Look at this paper note. It's yeah. New Liskert. <laughs> I yeah, don't know so where that you're, is. You're, you're, you're just ripe for adventure. <laughs> and our, our kids were mad. They said, you didn't even ask us if we wanted to go. And Megan you was didn't. the oldest. She was just starting high school. And I said, to be honest, I assumed you voted no. We took that into consideration and then decided we were going to move. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were going into grade nine, you said, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tough one. Tough, tough time to move. Yeah. There's a high school in Ulyskert? Uh, I'm yes. joking. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, 5,000. There's got to be at least half of a high school up there. That's right. right. <laughs> we have uh, well, one English uh, high school and one uh, French Catholic high school. Oh, got it. Oh, two high schools. Well, now it the numbers a... have dropped so much that it's the high school and 789. Yeah. Is that because of mining, I guess? Uh, Why is the number dropped? Population? Just, uh, it's been stable for a long time, but like everywhere else in Canada, it's a declining birth rate. Yeah, got it. Um, so fewer and fewer yeah. uh, people are having fewer and fewer kids. Yeah, the immigrants that are coming here aren't rushing up to New Liskard yet, but maybe we should start, maybe we should start a billboard at the side of the QEW <laughs> when you're coming out of That's Toronto. Right. You know, why check out the Niagara region when you can go to, okay. Well, uh, we, uh, I actually led a fundraising campaign. We sponsored a Syrian family of six. No way, did to, you? Uh, yeah, yeah. To, to come to uh, New Lesker. When did you do that? Uh, two years, two years ago? ago. Yeah. Oh my god. Eighteen months. I have no ago, idea. Maybe a little yeah. longer. Oh, cool. It. Uh, yeah, it was one of those things. Uh, I. I don't tend to think things through. Um, You're a think later, act first How kind of person. Z- 
the family. Do you know the? Did you sponsor them? Did you get to know them at all, or you just yes, yes. okay? Yeah. So they are they're from Syria. Yes, they, they end up in Ulyskert, Ontario, where the weather is going to be different than where they are from in Syria. Yes. How, how is that? How's the adaptation been to uh, um, Canadian winters? They uh, they were there for a year. Uh, they ended up. Uh, we helped them move uh, down by London. A uh, little more uh, community down there yeah, for them. In London, uh, Ontario. Yes. Got yeah. it. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, they were there for uh, for almost the full year. Darcy, um, you got to sell it harder, man. You got to you got to sell it harder. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So you're up in Ulysses um, properties. To, uh, what are the you, you've been buying for a while? So I don't know if we, you can share some purchase prices, maybe from before or whatever. But can you paint the picture? Yeah. What kind of for investing in that size of community? What kind of properties have you been buying? Mm-hmm. What are the purchase prices? Give us and what are rents like? Um, so uh, unlike Southern Ontario, where prices are uh, are increasing exponentially, um, they've actually declined a little bit in New Liskert. It's it's definitely a buyer's market right now. Um, we buy single family homes, duplexes, and we have one fourplex and one warehouse um, that we had bought. Um, some of them we bought privately, um, and uh, most of them we bought through real estate agents. A uh, little tiny story and a half home, about nine hundred square feet, we bought for fifty thousand dollars. Um, we rent it out for nine seventy five a month. We make about five fifty, six hundred a month from that oh one. Oh my god, fifty thousand um, dollars! You rent it out for nine hundred. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Eight seventy five. Eight seventy five. You rounded up on me there. I apologize. No, no, no. We, no, we had joking. it for nine hundred. We just reduced I, it. Actually, I, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> we've bought uh, duplexes for one hundred and twenty eight. Um, uh, three bedroom up, uh, two bedroom uh, main floor. Um, rents out for about sixteen hundred a month. Uh, plus utilities, so they they pay their own utilities. Um, Got it. You guys so, are doing like better than the one percent. You know the one percent rule. Did you ever read those books? Those real yes. estate investment books that talked about the one percent rule. <laughs> yes. And that just became a myth. Like I, right when Nick and I started <laughs> investing, I guess it's twenty years ago now or so. You could still kind of sort of get something one percent rule ish in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So the one percent rule is that you know you try to get rent that is one percent of the purchase price. So if you buy something that is a hundred thousand dollars, you're trying to get rent of a thousand dollars. In your case here at these prices, you're doing better than the one percent rule. It, it uh, seems like a utopia. There's a few challenges. Yeah, so, um, what are, so limited property management opportunities. So we manage our own properties. Okay. Um, we have some awesome tenants, and we have had some tenants who are not as awesome. Um, so we had uh, $6,500 damage to a two-bedroom unit. Um, so they, they wrecked That's it. That's a lot of damage. To, yeah, so what did they do? Oh, uh, what uh, didn't they do? Flooring, really? kitchen, bathroom. Holes in the wall kind of stuff? Yeah, wrecked all the doors, kicked in the front door, kicked in why? the back why? door. Why do you think they did that? Um, it's just uh, there's kind of a rougher crowd. Yeah, okay, got and it. And so uh, the first one Because uh, we don't was, see too... We see it. Like, it definitely, with the amount of stuff that's going on at Rockstar and with investors buying properties, we definitely see that stuff. But on a percentage basis, we don't see it as much as I thought we would. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's a shame. Yeah, that, that's... Um, so we, we put 6500 in, fixed it back up, rented it out, and three and a half uh, months later, um, tenant fell behind in rent. Uh, there were some personal circumstances. We let them run longer. Um, and at the end, when we got them out, uh, we have a landlord-tenant board order now for the $11,800 in damage. Um, but you're not going to be able to find them, are you? Oh, yeah, we know where they are. They just don't have any uh, money right yeah, now. Yeah, okay, but so you're not going to really be we, able we to We have collect. the judgment registered. Uh, we'll okay. just wait for them to uh, 
turn their life okay, around and so, start working. So the challenges, if I could sum it up, are vacancies. Okay, the damage thing is something all of us are battling with tenants, yeah. obviously. Oh, yeah. But I would, I guess so when you have a vacancy, is it taking longer to find a tenant? Not really. Uh, no. No? Okay. It's, uh, it's pretty easy to find tenants. Okay. Uh, it's sometimes a little harder to find quality tenants. Um, yeah. So it, it if you're is the quality tenant just the the uh, rental price of the properties? Like if you just bought slightly more expensive properties, would it take you maybe a little longer to find a tenant, but you would get a better tenant maybe because they're paying more? I don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we have some awesome tenants. Uh, so we we bought a house out of uh, the bank had taken it back, uh, and put a bunch of money into it, refinanced it, got back all the money. It's a higher than average rent, and we had uh, real challenges with the first two tenants. And it's a 3,200 square foot, five bedroom, uh, three bath, and uh, real problems with the first two tenants. Uh, now we've got a family in it that are absolutely amazing. They've been there for two and a half years. You're renting that as a single family home? A single family. That's how many square feet? Uh, around uh, 3,200. What did you buy that one for, roughly? Uh, 60,000. 60,000. Um, okay. but, but then we put 45,000 into it. Okay, got um, it. It appraised uh, after that for 140, so we left the uh, down payment in and pulled out all of our uh, down payment and uh, repair costs. Yeah, got it. So that's brilliant. Um, and what? So when you look at cash flow from what you're buying properties, if something's ca like, what's a minimum cash flow target for you when you're looking at a property now? I like to get around four to five hundred dollars a month per okay, property so if, if I can get it. So you're not going to get four or five hundred dollars per property. You're not too interested. Yeah, there's there's other opportunities where I can. And then financing for these properties, are you going to just regular Canadian banks to finance these things? Uh, we were, uh, like everyone else, uh, because we have 10 of them, um, we, we've kind of hit the wall with getting financing. So the first seven, we got through Scotiabank. Um, we have a real good relationship with the local Scotiabank. They were able to put that through. And there were some changes in the in the reporting structure and the decision making at, sure, at, and they at said, what level in Darcy, Scotia. we liked you before, but we're capped with you now. Right. <laughs> and so our, our lender there said, 20% down, I can get you as many mortgages as you want. And uh, so we went fast because when you get that offer, yes, it's time to run. find them. <laughs> and uh, and then we took a pause uh, for to come up with some additional equity. And when we came back, she said they, they just don't want to. Um, so we went uh, with Scott Dillingham. Uh, we refinanced uh, a fourplex and a duplex through CIBC. Um, it was privately held mortgages. It was a vendor take back for those two originally. And, uh, and after that, we, uh, we got two trailers uh, in Gravenhurst in a year-round trailer park that we bought. Oh, awesome. Um, good cash flow numbers there, too. Yeah, what were the purchase prices on those? Uh, again, we bought them for 40000 Okay. And we bought one for mid-20s, 25, 26. Okay. Um, they both needed some work. Uh, so we ended up putting more money into it than we thought. I could have pretty much bought the nicest trailer in the park and paid full retail for it. But uh, Okay, like anything. So you learned I, through that process. Yeah, I should have. And then what I, are you renting those up for? Uh, 1350 a month plus. 1350 And what is the square footage of a trailer like that? Uh, 1200 for the largest and about uh, 1050 for uh, for the second. Okay, got it. So even after you put in money onto that first purchase, you're still happy with that one? Yeah. Is it, is it cash flowing? Yeah, it's still my, cash flowing for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, my goal was, again, to, to refinance the trailers, leave some money in and pull out the, the equity. Uh, found out that CMHC won't uh, grant uh, mortgages on refinances for... They will for uh, mobile homes that were brought on a flatbed trailer, lifted off and put on a foundation, 
but they won't for a trailer that was pulled there and then is on its own foundation that used to have wheels. I don't on know, okay. subtle difference. Um, so, so if the wheels are still attached to this thing, even if the thing's lifted on blocks or whatever, they don't, they're not going to finance it. Or well, even if the it. wheels are off it is, okay. is what we've been told. So we've talked to a number of institutions and we can't, uh, we can't get that done. Got it. Um, so we have a, a bunch of equity tied up in that right now, but you know, at the cash flow numbers, we're making eight, eight and a half percent on the money. It's okay. It's not great. I'd rather have my cash back, but uh, it, it's uh, not. I don't regret doing okay. it. Okay, and this is in a mobile home park. Yes, where you have purchased the the the, the lot or the spot for. No, you? it's just a land lease. Uh, sorry, it's a land lease. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. So we pay a monthly maintenance fee. Okay. Uh, they take care of water, yep. snow plowing. Uh, tenants take care of their own shoveling for driveways and yard maintenance. And the land lease is for how long? Um, there's no end to it. You do that land lease annually. Uh, yeah, so we pay monthly. Okay. Um, and that covers uh, water, sewer, uh, park maintenance. Okay. Uh, and do these parks ever decide, no, uh, we want our spot back? Or no, you're good. Once you're in, you're in kind of thing. Seems to be good. Yeah, okay. Um, we've only had those for eight and a half months, eight months. Huh. Um, so we haven't, uh, yeah, we haven't run into problems with it. Uh, but we looked at it. We talked to other people that have been there for a long time. Um, the park itself is going through a little bit of a, of a revitalization. Um, it, it What's looked, the demographic living there? Because it's year round, a lot of trailer parks are seasonal or they're nine months out of the year or they're 12 months, but they can't be your permanent okay. residence. Okay. Um, we went out specifically looking for some stuff in Southern Ontario uh, that could be a permanent residence. So you can live there 12 months out of the year, mail comes there, you can say, hey, this is where I live. Um, and so that's what we found. So when you think trailer park, most people think rowdy parties and sure, drunken yeah, brawls. Yeah, yeah. This is just like a community. It's people live there, they go to work, they drive to Aurelia, they drive to, to uh, Gravenhurst, uh, they work, they come home. It's just like any other subdivision. Just happens to be that... Uh, the homes are yeah. mobile homes. Yeah. Um, I just want to make a note that you say Southern Ontario, but to most people that's still... That's really what I went because you said it's Gravenhurst, right? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, no, well, I guess Gravenhurst, does that qualify as Southern Ontario? I guess it does. I don't, I don't know the border of Southern Ontario. I don't know. But when I heard that too, I'm like, Southern Ontario, <laughs> Gravenhurst. Wow. Okay. I just, I, you okay. know, okay. Yeah. to most that's, people, If you that's live in New Lisker, uh, then uh, Gravenhurst is down south. That's it right. It definitely so, uh, is. Okay, so and then so back to New Liskard, um yes. When you you came from Orangeville, so when you first got up there, were you just kind of shocked at the the property prices there? Like, was that an instant opportunity? I think if I moved up there and I saw that, or were you just still hesitant because you were new into rental properties? Um, well, we had bought the uh, the uniform rental floor mat rental dry cleaning business. Um, I had zero experience in that, so uh, I knew how to run a business and and moved up. Uh, so I really spent the first year just focusing on learning what I had to do about that, uh, filling the gaps where my knowledge was lacking, uh, building redundancy in, uh, trying to make sure that we had what we needed for that so it was stable and would run. And then at the end of the year, when I lifted my head up, I realized, hey, let's start buying some stuff. Um, and so we bought one uh, and just continued from there. How did you find them? You said some were private, so you just made uh, some word got out that you were buying properties? Um, ultimately, yeah. So uh, the first ones, it was just a for sale sign, um, literally the duplex right next door uh, to Clean Scene. And the history of Clean Scene, talking to the previous owner, he said, yeah, this used to be a house. And my father-in-law bought it, tore the house down, built a one-bay uh, one storefront. And then he bought the house next door in case he had to expand. And then he tore it down and added a second bay. He said, then when I bought the business from my father-in-law, 
I bought the house on the other side, tore it down and expanded the business. And I said, huh. So I looked at the house next door and said, well, the time to buy it's when it's for sale. Uh, it was a, a two bedroom, a duplex, a two, two bedroom unit, side by side, uh, two stories. And, uh, and we bought it for $48,000 and uh, he held the mortgage. No way. Yeah. He did a full vendor take back on that thing? Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, he's been You doing... realize this is stuff that I read about in books probably in the late 90s. I'm like, oh my gosh. I remember calling Nick. Oh my gosh, Nick, there's something called a seller take back or a vendor take back mortgage. If we can convince people that we will buy the house but give them no money and they sell the house to us and we'll just make payments to them, we can buy houses for no money down. We're going to be yeah. rich. Yeah. And I remember we tried that. Nick and I tried that with a gentleman out in Hamilton. We bought a student rental property from the guy and mm -hmm. he had another property, but Nick and I had no more money. So I go up to the guy and on, I think it was a word or, or it was word perfect. Do you remember that word yep. perfect way back? That's how old we are. It was word perfect. I drew up like a, a no money down, like agreement of purchase and sale, like cutting and pasting things from different areas. Like I don't even know what I put together. And I gave it to the guy. I, I actually had to go somewhere and fax it to him. Like I had to pay to fax it to him. I faxed it to him. I waited like a week. I think I put like <laughs> deadline, our offer expires on this yep. date kind of thing. And uh, I, you know, heard nothing back. And I was in town in Hamilton dealing with the property we just purchased, ran into him there. I think he came by to check up on the property. I'm like, hey, did you get our other offer? You know, I'll buy that property from you for no money down. You know? yep. <laughs> and he puts his hand around. This guy's, I don't know, at the time, I guess I felt like he was like late 70s. By the way, we bought this property, the first property from him um, in Hamilton. He bought in the mid-1970s for like twenty-two dollars or $24,000. He bought it, uh, he sold it to us for $250,000, so it gone up <laughs> 10 times. Yep. He had never made a uh, principal payment. He just made interest payments on his loan for that whole oh time. It went up 10 times. He's like, I guess I'm finally going to pay that off. Can you believe that? He was just yep. so how much cash flow he was making on this student rental for that many years. Yeah. So um, anyway, he puts his, uh, he, when I say, hey, did you get my no money down offer? He puts his arm around me and he kind of laughs. He goes, listen here, son. And I, as soon as I heard that tone come to me and he's calling me son, I'm like, oh, this thing's dead in the water. He's like, we used <laughs> to do stuff like that back in the 70s and early 80s. But now, you know, when the real estate market's hot, this is like, I guess, the late 90s. So yeah. he's calling the late 90s real estate market hot. Okay, yeah. <laughs> for perspective here, um, he uh, he says we just uh, we just take our money. I'm not going to do a no money down deal. And he just kind of chuckled at me and yeah. laughed and walked <laughs> away into his car. And I'm like, oh gosh. Well, uh, yeah, we we had to put five thousand down on it, so it wasn't no money down. Oh, okay. But he okay. he held. We didn't have to qualify for the mortgage. Uh, he he was happy with that. Uh, we ended up buying a fourplex from him um, for ninety nine thousand. Uh, we had to put five thousand down on that. He did another vendor take back. Yes. So he he really just wanted the cash flow. Um, he wanted the cash flow. He had a fairly large portfolio, and uh, he'd been doing rent to own up there for for twenty five years. No um, way. Significant uh, default rates on the rent to own. Um, so he had the reputation in town of just collecting uh, properties. Yeah, just uh, be yeah. careful dealing with him because okay, you know him. if you fall behind. Yeah, yeah, you know, so he's gonna scoop it up. Yeah, really nice guy. Um, had a fairly really large nice guy with a really bad reputation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. And then uh, we bought the warehouse from him as well. Uh, for uh, he did the full the vendor take back on that. We we put a little bit down on it, and he uh, he's holding the mortgage on that one still. The other two we refinanced. So do you think with those ones he was just hoping that maybe you wouldn't make a payment so that he would take the properties back? I don't know. Um, well, how has he been? So. Have you been made the payment? Does he still hold those vendor take backs or did you end up paying those uh, off? He still holds uh, the warehouse. Uh, okay. The other ones were refinanced through CIBC. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, he's uh, he's always been great. There's uh, 
he'll travel and, you know, the checks will run out and we'll be phoning saying like, hey, we have more checks. Uh, yeah, leaving yeah. messages, emailing, yeah. saying we the, have more uh, checks, so where, yeah. where would you like them? Uh, You're the ideal we've, buyer. We've put them in your mailbox, uh, Got and it. Okay. he's just traveling, and he comes back, and then he'll cash a couple of months at a time. And and uh, But, yeah, no, he's uh, he's had a, a you know good success at it. Okay. Uh, I think the, sec- and, the secret is, though, he's, he's always been local, and that's the same as he me. He knows the mark. So, and, and so now you must – and that's why we tell everyone, listen, I think sometimes people will question us, and they say, well, why are you guys pulling people into, like, Kitchener? Even though we think that we're pulling somebody from, like, Mississauga to Kitchener, we're doing a good service because we're taking them into a really good community to be a real estate investor or, like, a Brantford, right, or even, like, a Woodstock, perhaps, something like that. Why aren't you talking about some of these other – even better cash flowing communities. And and the reason that we don't go that far out is because we deal with all investors directly ourselves here. And mm-hmm. if the investor has a vacancy, we want a certain population mm-hmm. based in where they're buying so that if there is a vacancy, they're going to fill it with a tenant fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, they have busy lives. They might have kids, maybe working downtown Toronto, who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have the, you know, have a vacancy in a smaller community. You can have, instead of, you know, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks on a starter home, you might be dealing with a little bit longer. And if they don't know that community, they might get nervous and then have to sell the property under some kind of duress. And we don't want that kind of situation. So we've always held people to what we considered smaller communities, but to people like yourself, you're like (laughs) Kitchener, Ontario. I mean, that's a metropolis, right? (laughs) So, uh, you know, that's why we kind of pull people into some of the communities that we're investing in. But you have the local knowledge of New Liskard and nothing can replace that. Like, you know what you can rent it out for. You know the inside knowledge of that community. And if you're, if you're, if you're listening to this and you have that knowledge, we're all for it. We're like, yeah, buy mm-hmm. where you are. Make money in your own backyard. That's the best way to do it. No one's going to beat you. You basically have insider knowledge, right? And you can't replace that, which is what you have. Yeah, and the benefit is as well that uh, sometimes tenants are late with rent. Um, and so to be able to follow up with them immediately. And, Is this your uh, way of saying you know where they live? Yeah. And they know so who you are? You, you can go visit them. Uh, you, you know that there's only you're you know, exactly kind of a, two a small dude. How tall are you? Six? Six two. So you're, you know, you're not the smallest kind of guy. So you showing up at their doorstep collecting rent. No, but my, my wife uh, generally looks after the real estate. And Got so it. I'll talk to the tenants and say, yeah, I don't know. She's really mad. I'm trying to rein her in. but it's, uh, Yeah, it's definitely you, a play. I, so basically, if you can't make the rent payment, you better spend a little bit of money and buy a you. box because you'll be living under a bridge. <laughs> so you t- that's really nice. So you're the good cop and your wife is the bad cop. I wouldn't say that. I'd say he more paints the picture, but... Oh, okay. Got it. You're just playing the game. Uh-oh. You're, 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 <laughs> You've been out. found out. Words out. Got it. Okay. So but, you... Uh, uh, yeah. So being able to follow up quickly um, is good. And what we find is uh, there's times we get busy with other stuff, and so we're, we're maybe not as on uh, the vacancy as we should. Um, and if you're not, you know, posting it and following up and making the phone calls, and uh, we tried to group showings, and we find uh, that's a lot harder to do because people are often renting when they're moving into the community. So somebody has a job, and now they're trying to find it, and you say, okay, well, we're showing it uh, Tuesday night at 6.00. And they say, well, I'm, uh, I'm not driving in until Saturday. Is there any chance I could see it Saturday afternoon? Um, because they're coming from out of town and they want to find something, uh, you know, for the next month when they're moving up or... Um, so it's, it, it makes sense. That's different. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, it's hard to build that demand on a showing when people are coming in like right. six hour drive. I'm, I'm joking a little bit shorter, but um, five hours. But, yeah. um, no, uh, you were pretty on the money. Yeah, pretty much six, six hours. hours. <laughs> um, um, 
uh, an appreciation you're okay with. Like, I mean, I, I'm just pr- trying to put myself in your shoes. If I was buying up there, I would kind of be buying fully aware that the appreciation's not going to be this thing that takes off on me. But if I buy this good asset, it's cash flowing on me. I have, I'm, I'm paying my costs. My biggest risks, uh, the things that I'm going to have to control are obviously vacancies. Yeah. And the other one will be interest rates or my costs on my lending. So if I can control the costs on my lending, Mm-hmm. Um, and I have an understanding of the vacancy rate or how long it's taking me to get some tenants, I can control my biggest variables and I'm going to be happy with the cash flow I get. Is that how you look at it? Like you're not banking on the appreciation? Yeah, we're, we're not, uh, we haven't seen the appreciation. I really wasn't expecting it. Um, our biggest expense is repairs um, yeah. from damage. Uh, every year we have at least one apartment get trashed. Um, I mean, so tra- so like what, people on the way out are just trashing or as they're living there as they're living there a combination uh, of sometimes both. yeah sometimes it's on the way out um, but every year since we've started uh, we've had at least one six thousand dollar repair job is that something that's breaking in the relationship with the way you're handling the tenants um I don't know uh, like are you overly demanding in some way do no. you feel no, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Um, it's sometimes uh, a relationship breakdown. Um, sometimes it's uh, uh, mental health challenges. Uh, sometimes it. it's okay. uh, mm-hmm. people that just have a party and their friends trash the place. Yeah, yeah, uh, got it. Okay. Um, okay. And we've had tenants, uh, you know, do a lot of the repairs to fix it. We've had more tenants promise to do a lot of the repairs, but don't. Um, and so, if we look at it. You know, if you kind of look at each individual property and say like, wow, I can't believe how much money we lost on that property this year. But when you look at it across the whole portfolio, it, it sort of makes sense. We sort of feel like, you know, and it, and it may not be intentional damage. It may just be the way they live. It may be that it's incredibly dirty and, you know, Got unfortunately it. okay. it's, it's really, really heavy wear and tear. And so you come in and think, yeah, we're going to have to you know, repaint the entire apartment and they put up baby gates and now there's holes in all the walls and yeah. Okay. So that kind uh, of stuff. And just knowing you, I know you maintain your properties and that kind of thing. Yeah, we try. So, um, what is the average length of time for a tenant then for you guys? You know, we'll have some tenants who are just years and years and years. Do you have some people who are coming in to work? Like, is it a little bit more of a transient community that some people are coming to work in the mining industry, for example, in an area of Ontario living in Ulysses and then they kind of disappear after a year? What we find is uh, the, the longer-term tenants are also the, uh, often the longer-term residents. So they're people that have grown up and stayed there. Yeah. Um, they uh, Okay, so they have roots in the area. Right. Okay. And so they're looking for someplace that they can stay. A lot of the people that come from out of town, uh, we have a college up there. So sometimes it's students that are staying for one or two years to, to finish their program. Um, generally, people that come up and chase the jobs in mining or agriculture, forestry, or in retail, because we have some multinationals that will bring in uh, managers to manage it, and then they need some place to live. Um, they might stay for six months, eight months, a year, uh, and then once they realize that they can purchase a house, uh, they'll move out and buy something on their own if they're going to stay, or you know, they finish eight months or nine months and say, ah, you know what? Because it was uh, transient for them to move in, it's easy for them to look somewhere else and say, hey, I'm going to go chase a job over there. Um, and so they might might move out and leave. Got it. Okay, so that's a little bit of a different dynamic that we don't deal with as much. We obviously have people moving around and stuff, yeah. but it's slightly different. Yeah. 
because um, people will stay if someone's renting from us like you know like an Oakville spot or a Hamilton spot or a Brantford spot they're often that's where their roots are that's where their families they might be switching jobs but they're keeping their family unit yeah. for most of the time there yeah. you know we have had people leave and move especially when the oil boom was going on in Alberta yeah. we had a couple things happen we had some people uh, leave um, on some rent-to-owns that were great properties but just because it was so lucrative for them to move out to Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also had some people where the husband was flying out to Alberta and working. Family unit was staying, actually. This was in Hamilton. Uh, staying in Hamilton and uh, the, the husband was just going b- back and forth, just making so much money out there. That, yeah. That's obviously all changed now with the last couple years out there. We had exactly the same thing with tenants. Yeah, uh, We had tenants that would uh, would drive an hour and a half, two hours to North Bay Airport and fly out west uh, and then come back for a week, drive up and stay with their family or even in our as, rentals. Or even as much as like Kirkland Lake and the, going to the mine there, they'll they'll move or they'll move here and go work at the mine and their family will stay in New Lisgard. Got it. So with the cost of living in New Lisgard compared to in this area of Ontario, man, they must they could be making good money. And then not spending that much money on accommodate like shelter. Um, yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we rent out a three bedroom house. uh Twelve ninety five plus utilities, as low as uh, as ten fifty plus utilities for a smaller one. Um, are most of your is mo- are most of your properties out of that portfolio single family homes? Or are they most like duplexes? Um, probably sixty percent. So we have about six single family homes, and then we have three duplexes and one fourplex. Okay, what was the mo- what was the cheapest one? What's your best? What's your favorite deal? Um, it depends how you look at it. Uh, so we bought. Uh, the cheapest we've ever bought, least we've ever paid, is a story and a half, two bedroom, and we paid fifty thousand for it. Um, and uh, we've done a bunch where uh, we did one we bought for eighty-seven thousand. We put seventeen thousand into it, had it appraised for one thirty, refinanced, took all our money back. Um, we bought the one for sixty, put in forty-five, refinanced, took all the money back when it appraised for one hundred and forty. Um, I describe it as getting a free house. Um, yeah, the free houses are always nice. Um, and, and we're working on a duplex deal right now, uh, 67,000, 68,000 68, yeah. that we're working on. Um, the pr- that just to hear those prices with the stuff that we're <laughs> dealing with out here. Um, yeah, it's d- definitely different. It's totally different. I know for you guys, it's sounding totally normal, but yeah, um, yeah good for you. But the uh, majority of them are, I mean, you can pay more for a house um, for sure. Uh, like everywhere else, uh, New Liskard or the city of Temiskaming Shores, because it's amalgamated, the Tritown's amalgamated into the city of Temiskaming Shores, uh, have neighborhoods um, where people, uh, we know this is what the rent is in that neighborhood, this is what houses sell for. And as you move up to uh, kind of a, a, the, the more upscale community with the newer, uh, newer stock, um, you'll pay 300, 310, 320. Uh, thousand got it. Okay. For uh, you know, a three bedroom, two bath, four bedroom, two yeah, bath. Got home. it. Okay. Yeah. So there's a bro- uh, there's a big range right in the community then. Yeah. yeah. And it also helps having like I mean our realtor or your realtor, who knows what you look for now and can bring you those deals that they see that seem to suit what we like or what my, what you guys yeah. like. In a community of that size, are you known now as the guy who's going to buy some properties? Like, do you have competition out there? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's competition everywhere. Yeah, there is? Okay. Um, I didn't know, uh, Megan, I didn't know if your dad was the guy out there saying, hey, well, there's going to be a property. I'm going to well, ring up Darcy. We, have, we actually have people that find us. Um, so they know, because I'm on the radio, they know me as Darcy from Clean Scene. 
And uh, so because of that, uh, they'll come in and say, hey, I hear you buy houses. I've got a three bedroom, one bath. I uh, don't know if you're interested. I don't want to deal with realtors. This is what I want for it. So we'll go look at it and say, yeah, let's do it. Um, or, or we say, no, it's just something that's going to work for us. Um, but we, yeah, we've probably had five or six people come to yeah. us and say, we're looking to sell. Are you interested? Uh, you know, I, instead of listing it, uh, maybe we can come up with something privately between it and... Like our paths crossed, I feel like it must be eight, nine years ago. Do you know when? You said 2008? 2009. Oh. It was 2009. I, I okay, so it's about 10 years. Yeah. Um, why? And I'm just curious, you know, first of all, you got to tell us, you, you got into a car accident on your way down here. So what, <laughs> oh ha- yeah, God. so what, what, what happened on the way down here? Uh, we were one of the uh, many vehicles involved in the many multi-car collisions yep. on Highway 11, uh, just south of Orangeville, okay. or uh, sorry, Aurelia. And the car's a write-off? Absolutely. It's a, yeah, it's a write-off. Oh, yeah. But you guys are okay, obviously. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Cars can be replaced. And so in that kind of, so what, icy conditions, somebody breaks in front of you, uh, chain reaction? Icy conditions, uh, whiteout, um, started slowing down, and then it opened up, and there was a pickup truck and a trailer sideways. He'd gone into the back of a transport and flipped sideways. And uh, they were getting out of the vehicle, and my vehicle was sliding, and I thought I could probably stop, but it was sliding towards where they were standing outside their vehicle. So what did they do? Jump out of the way? No. So I made the decision to let go of the brakes and crank it into the bed of the pickup truck. Oh, to avoid them. Instead of maybe not stopping. And I mean, at that point they got back in their car and not, he says time slows down in these things. 10, 12 seconds later, uh, a Subaru SUV just came straight into the front end of our car, right into where they had been standing about uh, 10 seconds before. So. It, uh, it was exciting. It all it worked was a out day. okay. Yeah, no well, one died. Uh, some injuries, but uh, yeah. So the lesson of, is in that kind of thing, stay in your car. Yes. Yeah. Why, why are you saying time <laughs> slows down? Because I've experienced that. I, I had a car right. I got rear-ended. My car yeah. was written off at around, I want to say 2009 or 2010. I forget yeah. now. Um, and time slowed down for me. Well, see, that. I'm the opposite. For me, it's, he says, he says it's, ha- like he knows it's happening. So he warns me and I just everything happens in a matter of seconds okay. but for him he said you know everything just completely slowed down he had he thought everything through and made his decisions and knew what he wanted to do Isn't and i'm just like yeah how how do you do that it's how does funny one how person that works. do that yeah um i remember when i got rear-ended i looked in uh, so i was sitting in uh i was sitting in a my car was a bmw 323 so the four-door sedan <laughs> and i was behind an 18-wheeler that said flammable on the back and I looked in, I was just sitting there. I don't know what got into me. I just looked in my rearview mirror and this truck was coming so fast. The guy had fallen asleep at the wheel. I didn't know that at the oh, time. No. It was a big coffee truck like a, with the dually tires at the back. So it was a yeah. bigger truck. Um, the guy was coming in apparently now I know, or afterwards I learned it was about 70 kilometers an hour, fell asleep at the wheel. Oh. All I see in my rearview mirror is the Ford symbol. It's, that's how close he is to me. I just look oh up, I see God. this Ford symbol, and then everything went into this slow motion thing where yeah. I grabbed my steering wheel and kind of tweaked it so that I didn't hit the 18-wheeler in front of me. And then yeah. as he smashed me and I was I clipped the side of the 18-wheeler, I remember uh, blacking out, and then I remember hearing my own voice out of body. I know that sounds ridiculous, but yeah. I was blacked out. I could believe that. But I heard myself screaming from a different vantage point. Like I was wow. out of my body and I couldn't, I like, it's kind of like I could see myself in the car, yep. but my voice was like up to my right screaming. Yeah. Um, and then I guess uh, someone, the next thing I realized is someone just knocks on my window and it felt like half an hour had passed, but apparently it was like, you know, 20 seconds or something. Yeah. Someone knocked on my window because I had hit another car so hard, two lanes over it then hit a car. 
Um, and uh, they knocked on my window, got me out. The truck driver in front of me comes and gives me a big hug. He's like, if you smashed me, you know, because he had one of those flammable things. He's yeah. like, I would have seen this thing. We were in Burlington from downtown Toronto. It was just Jeez. like this epic moment. I'm like, holy well, crap. That was with the accident that we were part of. After the fact, I didn't know, but he, my dad was telling me after. He said, yeah, the giant transport truck in front of us was carrying... Uh, compressed chlorine gas. The oh one that... The, but it was a uh, square-sided trailer, uh, probably with individual canisters inside it. And uh, so he had been hit by two vehicles, uh, one in the side that was almost buried underneath, and then the pickup truck had buried right up to the windshield at the back end of it. And... Uh, so yeah and is that i don't know is that like flammable substance uh chlorine gas is what shut down mississauga back in the 70s no way yeah i remember that that was that rail incident yes yeah darcy you guys are lucky man so then what this happened luckily this truck doesn't explode your cars are right off you sat on the highway for hours i guess until they cleaned it up yeah yeah i was there four and a half five hours Okay, so why are you driving? So this is uh, this is my long way of getting to like for for about ten years. You've been driving all these hours, bringing your kids down yes. to different rock star events. Why are you doing this? Like, what's the mental state that you're in that's pulling you down here? And I'm curious because Nick and I obviously travel around to different events and conferences all around North America. So so to meet somebody like you, because we have people will complain to us saying <laughs> you're doing your event, you're in Oakville or your your events in Mississauga. Like I'm coming all the way from Scarborough. You know, like I cannot believe that it's not closer. Yeah. And then there'll be people like you. So where are you like, what's your mindset? Um, I've chased education my entire life. Um, I, uh, until I got married, I never had a vacation. I would always book it with a course. I would travel to learn. I would yeah. uh, do something. And uh, then I got married and uh, my wife was looking for more uh, vacation like vacations. Um, but yeah, coming down here, uh, I love surrounding myself with, uh, with people that are doing things. Um, I, uh, I always uh, compare myself to other people. I describe myself as a greyhound. Um, I'll run till my heart explodes, time. but I, the time. I need a rabbit to chase. If I don't have a <laughs> rabbit to chase, I, I forget that I'm supposed to be running. And so I come down to find the rabbits so I can look at people and say, <laughs> man, am I a slacker? I can't believe this is all I'm doing. Look what they're doing. And uh, so I find it incredibly motivating. Um, I find the information uh, very valuable. Um, Geez, I've been, uh, I think, every level of membership uh, with you over You've the had, years. We used to run a platinum level of membership that you were a part of and a great contributor uh, to. And Megan, why are you, so you're, you've been coming down. I've been coming for, God, since I was third. Well, I mean, I took a break in between when I was in high school. I wasn't coming for a little bit. But ever since I was really, like, really little, I don't even remember how old. But yeah. it's just been such good information. And, like, I went to school before this but coming back to the real rock star and all of that and obviously my dad because he's you know a mogul uh he i kind of got into business more so now i'm more into that and enjoying that aspect cool yeah you know what for us to do these kinds of things and to have people like yourselves coming all the way down from new lisker to to come to a rock star event this year life your terms event that we're hosting i mean we feel kind of honored and we feel like the obligations on us to put up a lot of solid content because you're making that effort and you stay with your brother who lives in mississauga no Uh, yeah i I stay with uh al my son now who lives in mississauga oh got it okay got it he's uh, he's living down here now so uh so we get to stay at his place and spend a little more time and see him. Yeah, yeah. cool. What's he doing down? He's working here somewhere? Uh, yeah, so he uh, works at uh, one of the Amazon facilities as a building operator. Yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, and then your, and I want to talk to you about your business. So Clean Scene 
you have done something radio advertising is dismissed a lot of times radio advertising works really well and you've done it really well we talk about people who are running their own business that you always have to be a little outrageous in your marketing like outrageous marketing is just the way to go you run the most outrageous radio ads that we've ever heard and you're confident to do it you've pulled in your kids yeah you're younger i guess megan it wasn't you but your younger my younger sister to be on the ads ever since she was really really little yeah, she started you, when she was uh, seven. Oh. so you would run some ads can you outline like what are the kind of ads you would run for your <laughs> business uh, to be honest i uh i, I kind of got the idea of uh cory's clothing uh, yeah, yeah yeah and so i looked at that and uh, bay blur radio and i thought you know what those seem to be uh, the ones that i remember the most so i thought okay well i'm definitely going to record my own uh and then uh when you start looking at the dynamics it took me a little while to tune it in and I finally settled on kind of a, a, a Burns and Allen uh, type of thing. Um, so I play the George Burns role, and my younger daughter plays uh, plays the Gracie Allen role. Um, and everybody finds it hilarious when uh, George Burns gets made fun of, but nobody would find it funny if he was making fun of, uh, of her. And so, uh, so Lauren uh, is the smart one. Uh, Lauren's always <laughs> correcting me. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it... Uh, I get to, you know, sort of be the straight man and, and play it a little bit. And you're, and you're running these ads for Clean Scene, your business in New Liskard. New yeah. Liskard has its own radio station? Yeah, we do. Uh, and the uh, we, there's one in Kirkland Lake. I run it on both. Got um, it. And the cost on the radio station is decent for you for a business? You don't have to share actual numbers. I just mean the numbers work for you? Yeah, it works. Um, it's, it's all about finding the right package. Uh, so you want to find the one that uh, is kind of reaching the market when you want to reach it. Uh, at a price that makes sense and has a good return on investment. Yeah, uh, Nick and I run some some of the radio ad stuff that you can run. Sometimes radio ads will run things called like remnant space, uh, kind of mm-hmm. like the newspapers where they just can't fill certain different segments or different times of the slot. You can kind of get those for cheaper. Um, but we're big believers in personality-based uh, radio ads as well. But we don't have your booming voice to do it. So usually it's Nick kind of doing the ads, not my voice. I heard but him you, today while I was driving around no, listening did to you? the radio. Yeah, we're still running. This is that time of year that we'll run it for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but you run yours. Uh, and yeah, yours are funny. I know I don't. I wish I had them to play it here. but uh, If I can uh, pull them up on my phone. Uh, so if you, you can pull, listen yeah, to it, if you pull it up on your phone, let's see if we can uh, we can put it close to them. I, we need to have your phone wired to the system to get the perfect audio. Oh. But if it's loud <laughs> enough, I think, yeah, 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 no problem. So uh, actually, you know what? Here, I'll just. Okay, so we stopped recording there just for a brief second for Darcy to get up. We're very sophisticated right here. Darcy's going to hold up his iPhone and point. <laughs> is that an iPhone? That's an iPhone. It's an iPhone. You're going to hold up your iPhone and hold it to the mic. I should have an auxiliary cable. We will in the future where I can pull in sound like this. But for now, can yeah, can you hold up the, let's hear the, your radio ad. Okay. Hi, it's Lauren from Clean Scene. I have to be quick because my dad wants to tell you how great it is to rent cover-ups in Clean Scene. But I think it's more important to tell you how nice your family's clothes look when they've been cleaned and pressed and had all the stains removed. And I don't just mean your pretty party dresses. I mean your regular pants and shirts, your kids' clothes with that ice cream stain, and your husband's tie with that coffee stain that almost came out. I mean, just think of how good you'll look and how much more extra time you'll have by letting Clean Teen solve those problems. Lauren, are you on the radio? Uh-oh, I better go. Call Clean Teen today at 705-647-6117 and let us help you. Darcy, that's great. <laughs> Darcy, your whole line on there is, Lauren, are you, is it Lauren? Is her yeah. name Lauren? Yeah. Lauren, are you on the radio? That's your whole thing. That's yeah. his part. So, yeah, you, so you wrote it for her, obviously. She's yeah. reading this. And you are doing how many iterations of these ads a year? Are you just constant? Uh... I wanted to initially. I said I'll change them every two weeks, and as it turns out now, I run them between two and three months. 
uh, once people uh, stop coming in, I try to have a hook in everyone. Uh, so there's something okay, so that when you people... talk about hook. So this is great marketing lessons here. So when oh. you're talking about a hook, we're talking, you're making an offer of some sort to get them to come in. No, I'm well, kind of. Yeah. So I always have that, but I'm trying to come up with uh, maybe a soundbite is, is a better word. Oh, got something it. that people will, uh, will remember. remember. So got they'll it. come in and say, are you on the radio? <laughs> and, uh, and when people stop saying that to me, in town, it's time to change the ad. That is the ultimate measure of your marketing. We we tell so many business yeah. owners that we work with, we say, unless people are coming off the street, repeating back to you some of the things that you're saying, your marketing isn't outrageous or per, uh, it's not personality-based enough. You need to be doing that. And a great test is whether people are doing that to you. So Darcy, if people are doing that to you, that's the ultimate validation that your marketing's kind of working. And I know you know this because we've talked about this in mastermind yes. meetings together over the years. Yep. Um, so are we, are you teeing up another one? Feel I, free. Yep. If you want to look for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you look for it. Um, and just so you know, Darcy, I think, Megan, do you help in the, do you help in the clean scene business at all? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What, what, what kind of stuff do you do? But, but you're not doing any bookkeeping or any of that kind of thing, are you? Um, there was a time when I was, I did. So, a so what are you doing now? Right now I'm, I was working on the industrial laundry side where it was like the hotel laundry and stuff like that. Um, now it's it's kind of doing that sometimes and helping where I can with what I can and so is your dad using free family labor or is he actually paying no. you? Your dad's not on the mic right now, yeah, so you can right. say whatever you want. Yeah, right. So it's free family labor. No, oh, absolutely he's paying you. not. He's paying you. Got it. <laughs> Do you are you roping in any of your friends into this business as well, or no friends are working into the business as well? That's what my father. The reason I'm asking is my father in the drywall business when he needed help, he would always come to myself. Or Nick saying, hey, get some of your buddies oh, together. We my, need some. my friends wouldn't. There. No, got no. it. You're not repairing any of the machines in, in, in this operation, are you? Because I know oh your, dad God, no. is, your dad's constantly talking about different machines that need repair. Constantly. Because these are industrial size cleaning machines. Like I have no concept of what this looks like. But these I are mean, big, massive cleaning machines. Massive. So I don't even know how tall the building is. But there are just giant, giant machines. Like... 300 pound washers and dryers and i don't even think that's the biggest one there's just so many big machines there's uh yeah we have our machines aren't big i've been to plants that have big pieces of equipment because uh, what are you you're throwing in mats into these yeah machines? so we do rental floor mats uh coveralls uh rental linen so sheets and so towels. you can have washing machines or dry clean i don't i have no concept of what this stuff looks like but you they're that big that they can handle floor mats yes yeah so our our uh our largest machines and again they're not big by standards yeah, of some, got it. are 275 pound machines. So your standard home machine is a 12 and a half pound. Um, ours are 275 pound uh, capacity. They're about an eight foot cube. So they're seven and a half feet tall, about six and a half feet wide, but, you know, and not seven big. or eight feet deep. Are you walking right into these machines? No, it's, uh, just it's a drum. Jam everything There's in? a okay. 36 inch opening <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, in the front okay. usually. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, repair, I guess maintenance is just a pain because you're paying, you have to pay for specialized maintenance. Yeah, all of the parts are, uh, they're, they're not generally off the shelf. Yeah, so got it. You so have you to buy, you buy the proprietary parts. Uh, but uh, we had a relatively small for us, a 60-pound machine that we used to wash some smaller stuff. And it ran for a year, and then it shorted out, stopped working. Uh, we replaced the board, uh, and the boards are thousands of dollars. We put a new board in, and uh, it, it lasted about three weeks, and then it shorted out. 
And while we're trying to troubleshoot it, uh, we realize it's probably shorting out because there's a mouse living in it who is urinating on the board. <laughs> <laughs> that was very nice of that mouse. So, yeah, that's nice that you who found that out. You found that out? Uh, well, we, we tried to figure out why it was corrosive and uh, how water got into that particular location. Nice. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and then we saw some mouse droppings around. So, I mean, we have a pest control program in yeah, place yeah, got, uh, it, got it he uh had had uh, holed up inside uh, our washing machine yeah darcy why did you move from orangeville like what got you to think you wanted to run your own business for someone listening to this who's like you had a career change there was just no way you were going to go back into like a corporate type position you wanted to go and be your own entrepreneur your own business owner i've uh, i've always been entrepreneurial um so even when i was uh, in the the corporate world um, I ran my own training company on the side. So it was physical skills training. It was, uh, you know, it. how to okay. protect yourself, defensive tactics, uh, uh, had an arrest go wrong, had my knee shattered. Uh, they told me if I could hit in the knee again, uh, they would end up, oh, uh, it would be a lot worse off. Um, they'd have to replace it. So I transitioned the company over to do, um, uh, intercultural communications training and documenting, uh, use of force and report writing. Um, and then, uh, ran that for years. Uh, backed into real estate investing. Um, my mother and I had bought a house in Orangeville. Uh, I was uh, dating my now wife. And uh, when we found the house, uh, we found one with a four bedroom upstairs and a one bedroom basement apartment. My mom said, look, I'll live in the basement and you guys can live upstairs when you get married. And um, we rented out the basement when it was just my mom and I, and then we got married and uh, my, you know, my family all got along great. My, my mom got along great with my wife and, and the other way around. And so we continued to rent out the basement. Was that in Orangeville? It was in Orangeville. Yeah, yeah it was a semi. Uh, we paid one twenty four five. Uh, what year was that? Do you remember? Nineteen ninety four. Yeah, got it. Yeah. And uh, probably th thought you got ripped off. It was crazy expensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was outrageous. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, nineteen ninety seven, we found our dream home. Uh, my wife and I, uh, a Victorian uh, six bedroom. And when we went there, I said, "Well, we'll sell the other one." There was never a thought that we wouldn't. And uh, we realized that after owning it for three years, uh, I would only have to pay $5,000 more uh, to pay the real estate and the closing costs. And then we wouldn't own the house anymore. And I said, I'll not do that. Um, <laughs> forget it. I'm just We've been renting out the basement. We'll rent out the upstairs. I'm done. Uh, and we did that for a year and a half. And uh, I'm not as bright as some. And the light bulb finally went off. And uh, we moved on from there. Bought a triplex in Orangeville. Uh, ran that for a while. Um, yeah. So you've always, it's always been in you to do your own thing. What do you think your kids, are your kids, Megan, you know, and your, your, your family, your children are picking up from you watching this? I hope so. Uh, yeah. All I want is for them to be happy and follow their dreams and uh, find something that's, uh, you know, going to give them the lifestyle they want. So um, they all have a great work ethic. Uh, they've all kind of seen what we've done. Um, you know, they may choose to, to follow this path. They may choose to follow another path. I just hope that they've learned something from us. Um, you know, everyone's an example, whether it's good or bad. So. I mean, never a dull moment, but I, I like learning these things. It's opened me up to a whole different world. I talk to my friends now who are like, you do what? Wait, what? And I just, to me, it seems so second nature that it's, I never even really thought not to do it. Yeah. Good for you. And uh, what about uh, Darcy? I, f I feel like you go on some pretty good vacation. Are you going on a vacation recently? Do you go on a scheduled vacation too? I remember talking to you saying you're going, you go on scheduled vacations every um, year. You make sporadic. a point. Yeah. Or is it just we, when uh, the business can survive it that you escape? Yeah, we, uh, we've done different stuff over the years. Um, 2009. Was uh, it an anniversary or something? I can't remember. Well, we 
no, we just, uh, we flipped a house in Orangeville and uh, we had been told it would be two months. And at the end of two months, it was still uh, about two months away from completion. <laughs> and I started pushing the contractors until I realized it was an appreciating market. And then I stopped pushing as hard. <laughs> um, and at the end of four months when they were done, uh, it had appreciated about uh, $25,000 more than what we expected our exit price to be. So we spent the money and took uh, my wife, our three kids, and my mom to Europe for a month. Uh, and we moved around Europe through Italy and France and uh, the UK and Scotland. And, oh, that must have been a great trip. Uh, oh, down awesome. through Egypt yeah. and Greece. And, uh, yeah, but since then, we've, yeah, we've uh, been all over. Yeah, cool. uh, New Orleans, uh, New York. Mexico. Cuba, Mexico. What about yeah. a perspective living up in New Lisker now? Do you, would you ever come back to kind of a bigger population center? Yes. Or, yeah. So Megan's, yes. yes. You actually said your son's already <laughs> in this talk. Okay. So yes. family's leaving you. Uh, but Darcy, how about yourself? Are you, are, do you kind of like the way of life and the pace? Because it is different. I, uh, I like the pace. Um, I like the lack of traffic. Um, I've, had it, I've heard it described that it has all the shopping you need, but maybe not all the shopping you want. Um, I, uh, like, I don't know about that. <laughs> I like art, um, and so I, you know, if I could come down and uh, go to the ballet and go to plays and, uh, you know, take in the Art Gallery of Ontario and the ROM, um, I would uh, enjoy that a lot, but we usually add that into uh, to trips when we come down and... Yeah, it's funny, you know, we live so so in Oakville, we live so close to Toronto and some of these things, we rarely take advantage yeah. of some of that stuff that Toronto has to offer. And then when you leave Toronto and people are like, wow, I love that. Or if we meet some Americans actually who live in kind of northern New York State, they're always like, we're coming to Toronto for different art or different yeah. museums. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, you're so right. Darcy, did you find you? Did you find that? that <laughs> the, the, you have I the did. next one teed I, up. I, Let's oh, my gosh, this, is, this Let's is, has to be my favorite. Let, uh, Darcy's grandma for clean scene. When I want my doilies pressed or my blankets cleaned or I'm looking for rental coveralls or floor mats, I call clean scene and new Lisker because they're Jim Dandy good. Dad, what are you doing? Nothing. This is just embarrassing. Whether you're in Kirkland Lake, Ville Marie, or Tomogamy, call Clean Scene today at 705-647-6117 or check out our new website at cleanscene.inc.ca. Do you think they knew it was me, Lauren? Yes, Dad. <laughs> no shame. So did you, what was the response on that one? Fabulous. Yeah, yeah. It. Uh, I've actually brought it back for repeat performances a few times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so It's funny. a classic. You're rerunning the radio ads. Guys, thank you. Uh, anything, else that you anything else you wanted to share to, for anyone listening about investing in kind of a smaller community? I think we covered most of what I wanted to ask you. Anything come into mind? No, it's uh, it's been great for us. Um, the the big secret is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's being close. Um, you have to have uh, a little more contact uh, with the tenants, uh, follow up a little more quickly, and uh, just stay on top of it. You know what? I wanted to ask you, just your bookkeeping on your properties. Are you using QuickBooks? Do you use an Excel spreadsheet? Are you just stuffing stuff in a shoebox? How are you doing that? Um, about two years ago, we started uh, kind of passing the receipts right over. So we retained our accountant to do the bookkeeping services for it. Okay. Um, so we pass it off to them. Uh, they do the entry. Um, what we found was we were trying to do it and we were not doing it uh, perhaps as well or in the manner that, uh, that they would have liked. So it was actually costing us more money um, to do it ourselves and let them correct it. Uh, than it was to just so hire you're them. collecting the receipts per property or just as one big group of receipts. Um, 
capital stuff we collect per property. Okay. Um, because all of our properties within about a six minute drive of each other. Got it. Okay. We'll often get a receipt from uh, from our plumber. That will be, I fixed the tap on that street, uh, I redid the water heater over there, and I fixed yeah, the, the drain okay. there. Okay. Here's my bill. And so it's a little harder to, to carve that up. Um, so we just have kind of a general repair and maintenance uh, across the portfolio. And uh, you know, if we have to make any capital improvements, uh, put in a new furnace, then that gets identified to a specific property. And um, I know with our accountant, we'll meet with our accountant usually twice a year, actually in between returns, so that we can kind of strategically get organized for some of our properties. Because mm -hmm. maybe some of our properties are making a little bit too much in just your revenue. We didn't have the expenses, or we want to talk about if we want to depreciate a property or not. So we do that once a year. Do you do that with your accountant as well? Or do you just kind of let your accountant decide what he wants to do with your taxes? and let it roll? Um, the benefit is that our accountants, uh, I actually drive by their office between my house and, uh, and clean scene every day. Um, and so they, they hear your radio ads, so right. you're just yeah. surrounding them. Um, so if I'm going to make a major purchase, I'll often reach out to them and say, hey, what's the best way to structure this and how do we uh, Got it. Okay, so we, you have an ongoing dialogue. Um, yeah, and, and then, uh, you know, we'll talk about uh, what we depreciate and how we depreciate it. Uh, they work with me to decide uh, which of the corporations should pay our salary and the best way to structure that and, you know, make sure you, you do this this year coming up. And uh, so it's, it's an ongoing discussion with them. Yeah, cool. Darcy, Megan, thank God you guys are alive after the accident. Stay Agreed. in the car if you ever get into another accident like that. Thankfully, everything yep. went into slow motion and you were able to kind of steer the right way and not smash into uh, chlorine. What was it? Cl yeah, compressed chlorine cl gas. Cl compressed chlorine <laughs> that, glass. That's what the placard said. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just thankfully everything is okay through that. It sounds like a new car is in your life. It certainly will be. Um, a car of some sort anyways That's in right. your life. What are you, <laughs> the rental car all the way home now? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You were able to negotiate that? Uh, yeah. We have, uh, we have uh, you know, Enterprise Rent-A-Car up there in addition to got it. Okay. Bob's house of... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Rental wagons. Got it. Cool. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate this. Thanks for sharing everything that you shared. Really appreciate this. My pleasure. Okay, we started to wrap up there, but I wanted to bring Darcy back because Darcy, you also went to China. Why did you go to China? You went with Greg and Brian, who've been on this podcast to China. Yes. Megan, you didn't go to China. No, no Darcy, I didn't. you went to China. Yes. Why are you going to China now? Um, I, I was intrigued. I had been to the Entrepreneur Boot Camp um, for two years, both years you ran it. Uh, listened to Greg talk at both of them. And the second one, uh, I thought, you know what? Maybe this is a good opportunity for me to do something where my kids can learn from it. So we had said, look, we'll uh, let's start an Amazon business. We'll learn how to do it. We'll grow it, um, learn what it needs to be successful, get the ads uh, working and pulling and selling, uh, bring all three of the kids in. They can cut their teeth and learn the knowledge and figure out how to do it. And, uh, you know, and then as the business is successful, we'll be able to take the profits from that business, split it up, you know, kind of pay the kids uh, uh, yeah. the, the money from it which will give them the stake they need to move forward and start on their own. Are any of the kids interested, Megan? Yes. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. You're, you're interested in that kind of thing? Yeah. Got it. Was, and was it helpful going to China to actually see kind of sourcing of some product? Like, what did you take away? Um, I've, I've been ordering my own coveralls uh, for, right. for Clean Scene yeah. uh, internationally for years. Um, so I took advantage of the trip to Shanghai to meet with my Chinese uh, contact um, for my coverall supply. Um, but I also use the opportunity to look at uh, other suppliers, uh, striping suppliers, 
and then uh, also had done the product research to look at, uh, at other products completely outside of, of what we're doing right now. Okay, so you did the pro- product research for possible arbitrage opportunities on like an Amazon or an e-commerce where people are looking to buy stuff and there might be an opportunity for you to sell it. Yes, yeah, yeah. that that was the goal. Um, again, uh, I had involved uh, the three kids uh, in, in the product research, so this is how you find it. So that they uh, kind of learn how to go through that process. Yeah, because somebody the steps. was building, uh, had bracelets. Was it your son who had that the bracelets? Yeah. Yeah. That was Alex, right? Yeah, 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 that was Alex who had the bracelets that he was getting from Alibaba. Yes. And he was selling them to his high school buddies or yes. something. I still have one of them. My son still it's talks about that. It's not even high that. school. He was in elementary school when he did was that. Was he in elementary school? Yeah. He had like cool motivational kind of sayings, I feel like, or something. Um, or no, it was Simmer down. A, yeah, it was just a saying <laughs> he was trying to get trendy. Simmer down. Well, one of the teachers had said it at the school. One of the kids was acting out and she said, hey, simmer down so then that became a catchphrase at the school until the school banned it and once it was banned it became much more exciting oh, for yeah. for the great so school all the kids, kids are making fun of the teacher by repeating simmer yep. down he makes it into a bracelet and starts selling <laughs> absolutely it. okay so the entrepreneurial spirit runs right through your family that's yeah. right yeah got it okay and then so back from china are you uh, are you getting to get you you're chatting with greg and brian again recently you're keeping in touch um they launched uh, an e-commerce vip group that's right yeah. um we joined the e-commerce vip okay group, that sounds so like you would I'm, join something yeah. like that yeah it's funny how we're similar in the, that way is that when you want information like I look at things that I want an information advantage of and I won't let anything stand in my way whether that means I'm mm-hmm. flying somewhere paying for access to something and people think that's compl- most people will think that is completely oh, yeah. ridiculous Nick doesn't thankfully that's why we were able to do so many things together mm-hmm. but you're one of the people who think like us you know uh, we, we are on the same page with that I look at access to inner information as my competitive advantage mm-hmm. in my life and I'm not trying to compete against other people like, I'm not trying to beat other people in life i'm just trying to do well for myself for my family for people that we're trying to help so i look at that as an investment into myself more than an expense and that's exactly i think the way you look at it well i yeah i mean uh the more knowledge i have uh, the more connections i can make between uh, completely disparate things so it's (laughs) it's finding ways that one thing kind of can build on the other i can't wait to hear a crazy radio ad for one of your e-commerce products that you're gonna (laughs) you're gonna run um are are you uh, are you are you able to share that radio ad one about the dust mites or no not play it or talk about it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, explain this what campaign. This is this is a brilliant advertising campaign. Can you explain this campaign? Um, so one of the things we ran for for clean scene, um, we uh, used to be a dry cleaner. We're now a, a green cleaner. We've moved away from uh, from chemical cleaning and now use uh, green cleaning solutions. Um, but we ran a campaign around uh, uh, dust mites in bedding. Um, so we, uh, we put it together. I ran a, a full-page uh, newspaper ad that said, uh, who are you sleeping with, with a one-third picture of a, of a dust mite, uh, which you've never seen it as a microscopic relative of the spider and looks absolutely hideous. Gross. Gross. Um, they, they are everywhere. And uh, so we, we pulled some... And you sp- can't see the ad if you're listening to this, obviously. But if you see this ad, it's a big picture of a gross spider-looking yep. thing. That's so right. you're basically freaking people out in the community that they're sleeping with <laughs> dust mites. Well, it's it's more of a, of a health... Ha- it's a health outreach. Oh, yeah. Because, you were doing uh, a health service for the community by identifying this problem. Right. I'm with you. No, I'm with I you. Just, um, I just want to help you yeah, just to help better you. you. Because, and you ran a corresponding uh, radio ad with this? Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that talked about uh, the dust mites and uh, how much a pillow weighs 
berries from dust mite droppings and uh, and the, the husks Ew. from uh, dead dust mites. And you had people in the middle of the night washing their, <laughs> their Yeah, we had uh, one of our uh, one of my youngest daughter's friends, moms, uh, woke her family up at midnight and washed all their bedding and wouldn't let them sleep. <laughs> because she saw your newspaper ad? Uh, or she, you, she heard the radio heard ad. And uh, then she phoned me the next day and... Uh, and was loudly, not happy. loudly explained yeah. how unhappy she I was. I feel like you are your family and you are a personality known in the community. You know, people that know is, you yep. and you listen. That we is are. a fact. You're, your dad's hesitating. You're nodding that right is away. A fact. Yeah. 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 Cool. So once this e-commerce, you know, as you go down this e-commerce path, we're going to have to bring you back on to see what you do here and how this all plays out. I mean, there's yeah. a big opportunity over the next few years. We're like in the first inning of this whole opportunity. Yeah. So uh, I'm interested to see where you go with this, just because yeah. with your marketing and business knowledge now applied to this form, it's going to be interesting to yeah. see what you guys come up with. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I have been extremely happy with Greg and Brian. Um, cool. They, they know their stuff. Uh, good they, guys. They humble guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they're willing to share it. I know. The same as, as yourself and Nick. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you gain something. And, and to be honest, that's why I'm doing the podcast. I've gained so much from being associated with you guys. And you've been such a, a huge motivator and, uh, and part of the success that we've been able to achieve that uh, you'll be able to give back and and hopefully help somebody else uh, makes it worthwhile thanks for that we you know. and i mean growing up even like i grew up with these events so it's second nature for me to be like oh i'm going down to toronto for this conference that everyone's like why are you what what is happening but they just don't understand the value of these things cool very cool that's very kind of you both i really really appreciate that and just you know i just want to say thank you for coming on here and sharing you know you know your properties that you're purchasing up there some of the battles that you're having with repairs and and, and maintenance and some of the cash flow numbers just so it helps people here in toronto understand perspective outside ontario and what's happening well and and it's not just new liskard I mean, no, uh, this if, is this if you, is, this is if you landed cutter. in Sudbury or you landed in Coburg or you landed anywhere else, it's all about learning the market uh, and, and finding the opportunity. Um, one of the things that always amazed me is it's a bit like putting on 3D glasses um, or, you know, those red blue glasses. And so you look out and you see what looks perfectly normal and you put on a different pair of glasses and all of a sudden a new image appears that wasn't there uh, in, in your in your site before. It's always there. You just couldn't see it. And so it's, it's finding those filters. It's picking up knowledge from wherever you can. It's knowing your local marketplace. It's understanding the, the key concepts. So how can you do a rent to own? Um, they've been done in New Liskard for years. They're done in the GTA. It's identifying how you can do that. It's picking up, how do you run a duplex? Being able to look out and say, okay, so here are the principles and how do I overlay that over my community and find the opportunities that spring up that I can now see. Uh, and if you don't have that knowledge uh, ahead of time, you look out, you don't see the opportunity, um, but it's always there. You know, Darcy couldn't, uh, I, I mean, I tell people all the time and you, it, sometimes getting new information is like looking at something different. You get an advantage by new information. It lets you see things differently. It's I never thought about the different, different perspective yeah. by looking at it through different things. And we all have to go make mistakes. Like I mm. used to be scared of kind of making mistakes. Now I realize the more mistakes I make, the faster I make them, exactly. the sooner I'm getting to my end goal. Well, so I'm you all know those mistakes and you don't have to make them again. Exactly. And we tell our team here at Rockstar, we're like, hey, go out and make mistakes. Try not to make the same mistake twice, right. but go out and make all the mistakes you can possibly yeah. make. And the faster you make them, the faster you'll progress on your own journey, whether it's your yeah. own personal life journey or your own development here at Rockstar. 
mm-hmm. right? So yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, and I know you have. Uh, yeah, we just talked about the we, we but off the off the uh, podcast here. We talked about your experience with a um, a Belleville. Um, what was it coin? A coin laundry. Yeah, so that coin laundry <laughs> experience. We uh, we were living in Orangeville. I was working in Scarborough, and it seemed like a brilliant idea. I was a <laughs> genius to uh, to buy an unattended coin laundry in Belleville. Um, because clearly, how could you not make money at a coin laundry? I've been to all of those seminars, and it is the golden goose. When you learned about that, that was the passive income oh, play, right? Buy absolutely. the coin laundry. That and vending machines. That's right. And uh, so uh, we bought it for $18,000, and uh, we owned it for just under two years. Um, I lost money every single month. Uh, we hired people uh, to uh, to manage it and to repair the machines and to clean the coin laundry and uh and that sometimes worked great uh, more often it didn't and uh at the end of it it took us two years to sell it because i couldn't find anyone willing to pay for it after six months and you were driving from scarborough uh once a week to collect yeah i would uh i'd come to work in scarborough leave scarborough at four o'clock drive to belleville get there around six or six thirty collect the coin and then drive home and get home about midnight 12:30 go to bed get up at 4:30 and back to work So the an next hour morning. and a half in the wrong direction to drive 5 hours home to right. Orangeville so that I could collect less money than I had spent um, <laughs> It's a learning experience Darcy that's how we all do it man that's how we all do it But oh, yeah. uh, the 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 kids uh, loved it uh, they got to to roll quarters uh, that was exciting oh, yeah. um, our tenants uh, usually paid in cash and oh, so that just became uh, it's a little weird but uh, my kids, at the first of every month, they would lie on the floor and we would sprinkle them with uh, $20 bills. Yep. And uh, they would have money fights in the middle of our living room floor. And uh, and Why were you sprinkling them with $20 bills? It, it was just the rent money that came oh, in. It, so we tell them, it's it rent day. Money. And they would run in and lie on the floor and have a money shower. And, uh, and that was fun until uh, one of them decided they would do it with rolls of quarters. <laughs> and, uh, and then it wasn't as fun. What, what happens in a family, right? That's did you at right. least splurge for the little, when you were wrapping those quarters, did you at least splurge for the ones that were those plastic wrappers no. that kind of measured itself? Or no. you got the paper ones where you had to actually count it all up? Uh, we just used the paper yeah. ones. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Um, I, we've said thank you once. I'm going to say thank you twice. <laughs> um, but uh, appreciate this. We'll talk again soon. Hey, everyone. It's Tom Crowds again. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, Darcy and Megan are just great people. They're Both of them sharing their insights into how they're investing and Darcy sharing his story. You know, it's just a testament to uh, you can basically make anything happen in life anywhere you are. Um, Darcy's just such a great guy. I feel like we've known him forever. Um, so we just want to, want to thank him for how much he supported Rockstar and what we're doing here over the years. So um, hopefully you took a lot of value from that. If you are listening to this and you want to check out some business building strategies for yourself, the next big thing that we're hosting around business building is the Rockstar Entrepreneur Summit. You can check out all the details for that at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. So that's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit, S-U-M-M-I-T. That's it for today. Until next time, your life, your terms.